Before we get started, a special thank you is in order to our friends over at Stanley Customs. Stanley Customs creates amazing custom sports figurines for all you athletes out there. Right now, our listeners will get 15% off their order and all interviewees will get 25% off of their order simply by going to Stanley underscore Customs on Instagram and telling them that Globally Ballin sent you. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Globally Ballin podcast, a product of the Globally Ballin podcast network we have a fantastic interview for you today so sit back and enjoy and thank you all for joining us one more time here's the music i gotta let you go finish the game with a broken hand yeah finish the game with- i'm rio 2016 silver medalist and asian games 2018 gold medalist young man how do you use a celebrity for good you know, it's, uh, up until that point, most of us as, as athletes were taught how to use a celebrity to manipulate, to get a girl, to get famous, whatever it is. We're hours away from kind of the nearest hospital to end up losing this leg over. I don't think a lot of people know the opportunities there are actually to play overseas, especially in the women's category. Actually broke my neck. I was paralyzed from the waist down, and I was never supposed to walk again, much less be able to play football again. Had a couple guys get robbed at gunpoint, um, and one of them was just like, "Yeah, get me out." At the same time, there are some who would still keep their nine to five jobs because the pay for being an athlete isn't enough. Don't complain when we look like idiots abroad in these big tournaments. What league or country gave you the best pay contract-wise? Probably Turkey my last season. Okay. Today's interview is with Kayla Francesca. Hockey player born in the Philippines, now playing over in Australia. Although she maintains her... um, nationality and travels over to play for the Filipino women national hockey team from time to time and trains I believe it's twice a year she does permanently live in Australia where she's found a new set of opportunities for training and developing her skill Kayla along with one of our older guests Danielle Imperial is one of the first women to be participating in this hockey movement in the Philippines. I need to also say that Kayla's love for hockey started when she viewed, I want this on the record, the greatest movie to ever hit the screens, D2 The Mighty Ducks. There's a reference in here that she mentions it, and I want it on the record, Globally Ballin officially stands behind the fact that D2 The Mighty Ducks is the greatest film to ever be created. You heard it here first. I just want that known. So Kayla grows and develops her love for hockey early. But the problem is, being in the Philippines, the opportunities were, were not there. You may remember from my interview with uh, Daniel Imperial, there are literally two ice rinks in the entire country. You're talking about a country that's, um, the last time I checked, the 12th most populated country in the entire world. And there are only two ice rinks in the entire country. And both of them are basically in the same city and I believe only one of them is actually officially hockey size 
which you can imagine puts a damage or puts a damper on the ability for anyone to 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 fall in love with the sport and, and, and if you've fallen in love with it to even find the opportunity to play and train I'll get let her give the exact numbers but let's just say when they first started there weren't even enough women in the entire country to have one team much less several teams to um, have a league and develop and grow and then have uh, important training to really develop your national team and that's changed over the just a few years so we do see the growth of hockey growing a little bit in this country and I look at it for this reason because it highlights the growth of sports in areas that you wouldn't necessarily think was the case, like hockey in an incredibly hot and tropical country. No, this is not hockey in Canada, but it's growing as interests continue to globalize and people continue to travel and this world becomes smaller and smaller, you continue to see sports pop up in areas you wouldn't have thought possible in the past now very 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 possible and not that crazy hockey in the philippines a perfect example of that so enjoy our interview with our member of the women's national hockey team kayla francesca Hey everybody, this episode is brought to you by an additional sponsor. We are now also brought to you by Creating Young Minds. Creating Young Minds is a nonprofit out of Louisville, Texas, right outside of Dallas. You may remember we've had an episode in the past with the founders of Creating Young Minds, Dr. Shira Ackerman and Coach Mathis Crowder. Creating Young Minds strives to help young men achieve success in their life where they may not have otherwise achieved that success. One way they do this is through their new basketball team. The Louisville Yellow Jackets, affiliated with Creating Young Minds, play in TBL, the Basketball League, and through a combination of their nonprofit as well as their basketball team, Creating Young Minds and the Louisville Yellow Jackets are doing their best to bring the European model of basketball to the United States. That is Creating Young Minds. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, basically everywhere. Find creating young minds check them out see what they're all about and when the tbl league rolls around once again keep an eye out for the lewisville yellow jackets thank you hello hi how are you good how are you good thank you good glad we can get a hold of you <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i missed your call that's okay um okay so what we do is we have a podcast that comes out every week and we talk to um, athletes, coaches, um, like team owners, just a big variety. And the whole point is to talk about opportunities to play sports around the world, essentially. And okay, so yeah. you have an interesting situation. So we want to start with, first of all, for everybody that will be listening in the future, where did you grow up? So I actually grew up in Philippines. I was born and raised there. Um, and I moved to Australia just about three years ago. And now you play hockey. And yeah. hockey, from the outside, is shouldn't be, you wouldn't think, a popular sport in a hot country like the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> what brought you to hockey? Um, so when I was seven years old, I actually watched this movie called Mighty Ducks. That's the best movie and ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's my favorite movie ever. Um, my mom made me watch it, and I remember seeing this girl named Connie. She was the only girl in the team. Connie and I remember looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing her and telling my mom, 
I want to be just like her. <laughs> so my mom, yeah. After that, my mom took me ice skating, and the rest is history. Now, when she took you ice skating, there's like, how many ice skating rinks are even available in the Philippines? There's two there's in the whole country. Two. Now, from the outside, we're yeah. looking at a country that, last time I checked, I'm pretty sure it's like the twelfth most populated country in the world, has two yes. ice rinks. <laughs> yeah. Correct. <laughs> okay. And so when you went to these ice rinks, how full are we talking? Surprisingly, there's a big people that go. Okay. Um, a lot of people actually go ice skating, but whenever you tell people that there's actually ice hockey in the Philippines, that's when they kind of start going, what? Like, Or some people will even ask, what's ice hockey? So when did your love for skating and your interest in hockey turn into you actually playing the sport? When did opportunities start to come about in the country itself? So my uncle actually grew up in Vancouver and when he decided to come back to Philippines and stay there for good, he was the one that taught me everything. He was the one that sort of developed my my skills, taught me everything from hockey slangs, everything. Um, and I guess from him, that's when I, that's how I started to learn everything about hockey and I started to really love the sport. When was the first time, at what age did you actually get a chance to start playing competitive hockey? I think I was about, um, when I was 16, We I joined a men's league in Philippines. Okay. So we didn't have a women's league because we couldn't find any, we couldn't find enough girls to actually play with us. Um, I remember there was only five to six girls who consistently played, so we didn't have a choice. We had to play with the men's in a recreational tournament. Um, and I guess competitively, that's when I started. I was about 16 to 17 years old. Okay, so again, we're talking about a country this size. You couldn't even find more than five women who would play <laughs> hockey. <Yeah. laughs> okay, it's just insane. We, we get that here in if you're in an area small enough, maybe a high school doesn't have that many, but you're talking about an entire country doesn't have more than yeah. five. Um, yes. All right, so you start off playing in the <laughs> men's league. At what point yeah. does the Philippines develop a national team? Why Why would they even, you know, what, what are the steps that go from having five women that play hockey to realizing, hey, we could have a national hockey team? It was, it really started with my with my uncle he did a lot for philippine hockey he brought everything that he knew from vancouver all the way to philippines and as the years went on there was actually a lot of um foreigners that came to philippines people from canada people from america and i i'm not sure exactly how they found out that there's ice hockey in philippines but all of them started playing and with all of these um, people from all over the country coming in to play ice hockey, I think that sort of helped make it bigger. And with the men's league that I was talking about when I was 16, that was the first ever ice hockey league that started in Philippines. And it was our, our ice skating rink was inside a shopping center. So with it being in a very public place, people would walk by and see that there's ice hockey. and. I think that's what helped, you know, people realize that there's this sport here that we didn't know about. And it's I think it's really consistent hard work from everyone in the organization. A lot of people have worked really hard to um, make ice hockey become well known in our 
country because now we finally have a full women's team. We're finally able to travel internationally, compete with different countries, and our men's team as well have recently won the SEA Games, which is what we call um, Southeast Asian Games. It's kind of the Olympics for Asia. And they actually won gold with that one, I think, two years ago. So yeah, it's developed really well, and I'm hoping that it's going to get even bigger and bigger, and that's what we're working towards. So when you say it was inside the shopping center, was this when the hockey rink was inside MOA, like actually in uh, the mall? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's when... Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, because yeah. I know it's outside now, right? It's in its own little building outside. Yeah, so back then it was actually inside. Yeah, in the and mall. And people... It, yeah, and have you been there? Oh yeah, several times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. So that one. yeah, I remember when it was inside because I'm just trying to picture you would have gotten a lot of foot traffic, people walking by, um, and I'm yeah. still surprised the numbers were that small, even with that many people passing by. But all right, yeah. so you're on the national team. Are you still on technically the Philippines national roster? Yeah. Okay. Now, is there enough people yet where they're like trying out, or there's still not enough for that? Uh, there's actually a lot of girls playing now so we compared to before we hold tryouts now and um, we only allow 20 girls to be on the actual roster so back then we couldn't even get 10 girls but now we get up to there's yeah there's a lot of girls playing now and a lot of development players as well a lot of um, young girls starting to you know pick up a stick pick up a puck and try ice hockey so it's really developing what does it look like as far as numbers the other girls on the national team do as far as hockey do they all for the most part are they all still in the philippines playing what would probably equal out to rec hockey here in the u.s or are some of them overseas or what does it look like i know you are yeah um most of our most of the girls in our roster are still back in philippines i think there's about i think there's four of us that are playing overseas so me and there's one in canada one in florida um, one in London even and what happens is we make sure that we train wherever we're at and we keep our coach updated and we go back to Philippines one once sorry two to three times a year and train with our team yeah so but most of them are still back in Philippines and they still train together but I try and go back there as much as I can as well to train train again with the team as far as funding goes for your national team when you do things like travel and go to different countries for exhibitions or whatever is that stuff covered by the government or is that stuff you're all paying for with um because our tournaments are usually um overseas so the last one that we had was in abu dhabi mm. it, um, my travel from australia to philippines i cover that so the government doesn't help me with that. I just, I volunteer to do it because, you know, I still would love to play for Philippines no matter what. Um, but everything else is actually sponsored by the government. We're very lucky, um, considering that ice hockey isn't a big sport in the Philippines. We're really lucky enough to have the government support our accommodation, our flights, even food and allowance. So, yeah. How about the men's? The men's are the same. So they're also sponsored. And the same goes with every um, every sport. Everything is sponsored for the men's team, accommodation, stuff like that. Yeah. You're playing hockey in Australia? Yeah, I am. Are you professional or is it amateur? 
I guess do you get se- paid se- in Australia? I guess it's semi-pro because I play two leagues. I play for a Sydney Women's League. That one is amateur. Okay. Um, but I play for a state. I play for the state league as well, which is for the New South Wales Bombers. Some of those are paid for by New South Wales government. Um, like our flights, our accommodations, but anything aside from that, we pay for like our food allowance and stuff. Um, so what that is, is every year we travel from state to state. So to Melbourne, to Adelaide, all the states in Australia, we go against them. So what brought you out to Australia to begin with? And was it the hockey? Um, at first it was mostly for my work because I work full time as well. Okay. Um, but then when I went here and I realized how good the hockey is as well, I wasn't planning on staying, but when I found out about the hockey here, I decided to stay because <laughs> it's really developed hockey. I've met a lot of good coaches, a lot of good players, and it's really helping my skill. How does uh, the girls that are overseas, like you and the one you mentioned in Canada and London, how does that have a future effect on hockey in the Philippines? Um, I think, to be honest, it's good because at the same time, we get to contribute what we learn overseas over to the Philippines. We learn a lot of drills, a lot of nothing, nothing like private, you know, we could definitely share it and it's definitely open for sharing to our teammates back in Philippines. Um, So I think it's good because we do learn a lot overseas. And like I said, hockey in the Philippines isn't as developed as other countries yet. So I think it's going to be good because it's the same with what happened before. Uh, a lot of the guys that came from Canada, from the United States, they all went to Philippines and they really helped develop the sport there. So, yeah, I think it's good. How do the girls do in the national team or in the national uh, for the Sea Games this past year? So, uh, the women's team aren't exactly in the Sea Games just yet. We're trying to work on that. We're trying to get a spot because. At the moment, we only have four countries that are eligible to play at the Southeast Asian Games. And I believe the minimum is five teams. So at the moment, it's just the men's team that are playing for the Southeast Asian Games. And how did the men do this? I know you said they went two years ago. How did they do this past year? Uh, this year, they finished bronze. They quite, they couldn't quite get the... They couldn't defeat, I think it was Thailand, but they played really well. It was on home ice and yeah. How, how long until the development of hockey in the Philippines gets to a point to where you have a chance or a legitimate shot at kind of dominating Southeast Asia? Not long. With Southeast Asia, I don't think it'll take too long because Southeast Asia, we definitely have a shot because everybody just keeps growing, keeps developing. And a lot of the girls that are back home they're really training hard and we've got good coaches, good staff members and the government as well. They are really supporting ice hockey at the moment. So I think I would give it about two to three years even. There's a big chance that Philippines would definitely be the top country in ice hockey in Southeast Asia. So hockey is an expensive sport to really commit and play to. Um, How does that play into effect with a country like the Philippines who's not all out poor but it does have um, some poverty in some of the more yeah. common capital areas so how does the um, expense of a, of a sport like hockey play into effect with the popularity yes yeah, so that was actually one of the 
big problems that we had trying to develop the sport in Philippines because gear is really expensive, yeah. um, ice fees, you know, ring fees are really expensive, even ju- even just to train. Um, but the government and the Philippine Ice Hockey Federation are doing a really good job at giving everyone a chance to try it. So they do this thing every weekend called um, Stick and Puck. So it's really it they made it really cheap so everyone what everyone has to do is they literally just have to pay nothing i i'm not sure how much it is in united states dollars but i'm pretty sure it's about i think just a hundred pesos philippine pesos it's like two dollars yeah yeah so um two bucks for you know just to grab a stick grab a helmet skates and then you know try to shoot on the net and they do that every weekend and it's really brought a lot of kids to love the sport and because of that um a lot of a lot of kids want to try it and you know they ask their parents can we try it and even if their family you know say that it's too expensive that gear that they try on during the weekend they can have that during every training and it doesn't cost as much so i think that's really good how the philippine ice hockey federation did that so yeah why does it matter to you or to anyone? Why, why should it matter to us from the outside that the Philippines develops hockey at all? I think it should matter because it's very it's very unique. Like you don't hear a lot of stories or, you know, a tropical country having ice hockey. I think Philippines is really well known as having basketball as the most famous, yeah, the most famous sport. And I just think it's, it's inspiring because even though we're a tropical country, we're a third world country, we can still play a sport this hard or, you know, it's a winter sport and it's very unique. And just to me, if I hear something like that, it's very inspiring, which means to other countries as well, they can definitely, everyone can play ice hockey. How do you guys and everybody go about having hockey grow in a country that is so dominant in love with basketball first and volleyball second uh we're trying (laughs) i think it's very hard to come up to compete with basketball and volleyball especially since um these sports are what's played in all you know colleges universities it's been around forever but i think not it's gonna take a while for everyone to for ice hockey to be as big as basketball but i don't doubt that it's impossible um where do you see the future of hockey in the next couple of years in the philippines in the next couple of years definitely um the men's and women's team will be very well known we're gonna keep competing at the southeast asian games and hopefully the women's team will get a spot at the southeast asian games as well that would be really big for us and we also compete every year for the IIHF, which is the International Ice Hockey Federation. Um, we, we won, our women's team won last year at Abu Dhabi, so we moved, we moved up a division. And we, we were actually supposed to have the tournament two weeks ago, and it was supposed to be held in Philippines, but they had to reschedule it because of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they moved that to June and that's a big, that tournament is really big for us because 
if we keep winning that tournament, we keep moving up a division, and that's the top division is where Canada, United States, all of those countries are. Um, I am not saying that it's impossible, but it will take a really long time for us to reach that division. But again, I don't think it's impossible. So in the next couple of years, we're going to try to work our way up. Who are some of those countries that will be there in June? So we're going to be going against Singapore, Thailand, I believe, I think China, but it's their under 18 team. And yeah, and Malaysia, sorry. Um, So I know you are not playing actual professional uh, hockey in Australia, but what can you tell me about opportunities for women to play professional hockey in Asia? There's actually no opportunity for women to play professionally in Asia. Um, if someone, wa- if a female, a- if a female ice hockey player wants to play professional ice hockey, it would really be a lot. They would have to travel overseas. Um, yeah, at the moment, there's nothing professional. There's no professional ice hockey league in Asia, but we're working towards that as well. I believe Hong Kong has a women's league. Um, it's semi-professional, and I hope that Philippines can work towards that as well. So you have, uh, so the teammates you have that are in, what was it, California, Florida, and London, yeah. um, those aren't professional leagues? No, they're they're playing amateur, I believe, back in, um, yeah, back in their countries, I believe they're playing amateur. And the one in Canada, she's playing for, I forgot what the school is called, but she's based in Vancouver, I think, and she's playing for her university. I just forgot what the school is called. Okay. Uh, So, you think realistically the Philippines could have professional hockey within the near future? Yes, definitely. We, the only thing that we have to do is obviously keep growing the sport, especially with women's. We have to try and keep getting women in, you know, to play the sport. It's going to take a while, but yeah, I don't doubt at all that because the government in Philippines are really supportive about the sport. So for them to pay players to start playing ice hockey, I don't think that's possible at all. So you think the impossible? Gov- do you think the government has a role in paying the players to play? Yes, definitely. Um, all right. So, is there anything else that you think we need to know about kind of the growth of hockey in the Philippines? Um, just at the moment, yeah, um, it's going really well uh, compared to when I started. It's definitely gotten a lot bigger. When I was seven. Again, whenever I would tell people that I play ice hockey, they didn't even know that there was a skating rink back in Philippines. They didn't even know what ice hockey was. Um, but ev- but everyone back home is definitely um, doing a good job at developing the sport. So thank you, Kayla, yeah. very much for your time. I appreciate having you on. Thank you so much. See ya. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kayla. Again, shout out for loving the greatest movie. Now, I listened back to it. I guess she didn't technically say D2, The Mighty Ducks. She just said The Mighty Ducks when she referenced Connie Moreau. But uh, I think it's pretty clear that number two is the best one ever without question. Um, So we'll just assume that she agreed with that. Now, you'll notice most of the people we've talked with in the past have been professional. And Kayla's not. And I I did that on purpose because 
it highlights how, yes, these opportunities have grown. Women's hockey and hockey in general is growing in an area where you wouldn't expect it before, a tropical southeastern Asian country. But that's only the first step, growing interest, growing opportunities. As it develops, you have more of an amateur presence. And as amateur presence begins to grow, you have more fandom. And then it makes more sense for sponsorships. And once you get enough sponsorships, you now have a paid professional league. There are steps involved before you get to that. And so I wanted to catch a league before it gets there. Kayla's confident they're going to get there. I don't necessarily know if that's the case. I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm not saying she's right. But I think there's some steps in there that aren't necessarily being accounted for. Before anything becomes professional, it all comes down to do sponsors believe it makes sense to throw money at the league and teams as far as advertising goes? Does it make? Are there going to be enough people watching that investing in the league makes sense? And right now, I, that definitely is, is, would not be the case. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. Kayla gave a, a short time frame for when she thinks this is possible. But I, that's why I wanted to look and ask her about what already existed around in Asia at the moment. For women's hockey specifically, there is a professional Asian men's hockey league we have done some work with in the past. I think it was the, the League of the Week on the Twitter page. Check them out, by the way, Globally Ballin on Twitter. Um, but as far as women, there is no professional hockey in Asia and in many parts of the, of the world. But from Kayla it does she seems confident that it's growing you'll also know notice who was paying for the league that she was in the government and that brings in a question that a lot of people have and bring up should the government have any role in sports and you might say no to this one you go no there's no reason why government should fund any sort of professional league maybe you're right maybe you're wrong I don't know that's whatever you guys debate that and argue that with your friends but then you take the next step further and go well what about the Olympics if you said no, then what's your rationale for the Olympics? Do you think they shouldn't fund the Olympics? Should you not, or do you think they should? If you think they they shouldn't fund these professional leagues, but yes to the Olympics, what's the difference for you? What's your rationale for your yeses and your noes if you have different answers? Maybe you have a great rationale. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there as a discussion to have with your friends, debate that a little bit, and see what you think. I'm always fascinated with that idea of where does the government come into play because it seems like it all depends on your area different countries that you're asking might say absolutely government needs to be in here and the other people go no government doesn't need to be here we can take care of this we don't want their input that kind of thing just let us do our thing sponsorships will take care of us and again depending on where you are it'll be different just want to throw that out there but uh <clears throat> all in all it's a great interview it's it is if you'll notice whenever we do ones overseas there's a good possibility it's the Philippines. It's not always. We've had some from Egypt, Singapore. Uh, we have some in the works from South Korea. And so we've done or Costa Rica. And so we've done other ones. But we do come back and back to the Philippines. And most of that is because of um, our connection here at Globally Bond with the Philippines. But it does play a really good story, specifically when you're looking at hockey, a country that doesn't seem like there's any reason why they should be on, big on hockey is growing. They're not big on it yet. In fact, they're very, very small. When you go back a couple years ago when Kayla said they didn't even have enough for one women's team in a country, uh, 12th most populated in the world, can't get enough people for one team, but it develops, and now they have a national team. 
And so I'm not necessarily, we at Globally Bowling aren't necessarily looking for the biggest league. We're looking at growth and how does that change? Are we going to see this continue to grow or is it going to plateau out? Interesting question that we're going to keep watching to see what happens. So I've rambled on enough. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Kayla. If you haven't, go and check out some of our old episodes. I referenced our one with Daniel Imperial. There's been a lot of other ones we've covered. You know, soccer, uh, uh, soccer, hockey, foot, American football, basketball, the, the Olympics from situations all over the world. So go check that out. Um, you can find us on all your major platforms. Give some of those other episodes a, a shot. And also you can always find us on Patreon now at Globally Bowling. Thank you. Thank you all for making it through another episode. A couple things I got a quick run through and then we'll be done. Uh, first, if you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on our different key platforms. Uh, first, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash globally Also, Instagram uh, at globally official and then Twitter at globally The Instagram and Twitter are by far our most active and they're also very different content. They're actually run by different people. So go ahead and make sure you're following both of those and they'll also both alert you for when something new is posted either in the podcast or Patreon, which I'm gonna talk about in just a second. Also, um, when it comes to the Facebook account, the Facebook account seems um, less active and we're aware of that. It's different kind of content and more is coming to the Facebook page. So you'll want to like it to make sure you're ready when a new wave of different content, which is coming soon, starts to make its way on there, which is exciting. Uh, finally, though, is the Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com and then you search globally ball and you're going to find our account $3 a month. And with that, you're going to get a, a couple of things. First, shout out to all the supporters, which is great, which is actually also really good for any of you athletes out there. It's a great way to get your name, your brand, your place where people can find your highlight tapes, all that stuff. That'll be plugged in our episodes, which is great. So if you become a patron um, for the $3 a month, you'll get that. In addition, though, what we're really kind of excited about, not that we're not excited about the other one, is that you're going to get a bunch of extra content. It's going to be different from when I originally recorded this to when you're listening to this now. We're going to keep adding to it. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff. It might just be extra stuff that didn't fit into an episode. And there's also a whole new um, different kind of content called Candid Conversations, which is basically a whole new show that we started. As the name suggests, it's a conversation between me and somebody else. For whatever reason, it doesn't fit into an episode. And if you go check out one of those Candid Conversations, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So that $3 a month, you're going to get your shout out and your... Um, your help to support your brand or get attention to your highlight reel or whatever, plus a lot of extra detailed, fun content in addition to this free podcast. So go and check that out. Refresher, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash globally ballin, Instagram at globally ballin official, Twitter at globally ballin, and uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash or patreon.com search globally ballin and you'll find do the $3 a month patron if you're interested and get all new content a bunch of additional content uh, if that's not for you totally fine we still really appreciate you supporting and listening uh, if you have any suggestions make sure you send us a message again because we're most active on instagram and twitter that's the best way to send us a suggestion we'd be happy to listen and um and try to get anybody in that area and that sport, that country, that topic that'll help you best. So make sure you send us one of those requests. Otherwise, thank you again for listening. You'll hear from us again uh, next week.